Welcome to the HTH Church Podcast. We are a church in the heart of Hastings whose desire is to build communities of people who are so passionate about being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and joining in with what Jesus is doing, that lives, families, and communities are changed and transformed one at a time. On this podcast, you can keep up to date with the latest talks from our Sunday services, as well as additional bonus episodes, which include conversations, interviews, devotions, and much more. If you'd like to find out more about the church, you can visit our website, hthchurch.org. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy this episode. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son. Here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and your bow and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau, when Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock Bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father, just the way he likes it. And then take it to your father to eat so he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. Go and get them for me. Go and get the goats. So what happens in the following verses is that Jacob does exactly what he was told by his mother, Rebecca. He goes to get some goats. Rebecca starts preparing this incredibly tasty meal. And then Jacob takes that food to Isaac to receive the blessing. But also Rebecca goes a little bit further. She goes and gets Esau's clothing, puts it on Jacob. And also, because Esau is hairy, she takes some of the goat's skin and puts it onto Jacob, onto his hands and onto his neck, in case Isaac wants to find out who the son really is and doesn't believe that it's him. So that's what happens. Jacob goes along, he takes the food, And Isaac, who's very very old, can hardly see, is a little bit suspicious because he sounds like Jacob. So he says, come nearer. And as he comes nearer, Isaac smells the, the clothing of Esau on Jacob. 
And then he reaches out to touch him, touch his hands, neck. And it, it, it feels, it feels like Esau. Though apparently in those days, in that region, goats were less hairy and you get them which were a bit more like human skin. And so that's why it could be um, that therefore Isaac is able to think of this as his son. And so then he gives Jacob Esau's blessing. He prays over him. He gives him the blessing of the firstborn. Esau is the firstborn in those cultures, in those times. You might have many, many children, but there would be the firstborn would get the inheritance. The firstborn would get the blessing. And Jacob manages by deceit to get the blessing of Isaac, which should have gone to Esau. Esau understandably comes back with all the food that he has prepared. He's actually gone out to get, he's gone out with his bow and arrow and he's actually killed some animals and he brings them back in order to take the tasty meal to, to Isaac and he finds that the blessing has already been given. Esau is mad. But Isaac can't really take back the blessing. He's already given the blessing. So that's the story. What do we make of this story? What can it teach us today? How do we understand the story in the light of Jesus? There's a few things I'd like to just mention briefly. The first one, the first one is the power of words, the power of blessing. The power of words, one commentator puts it like this. This narrative presumes that symbolic actions have genuine and abiding power and that spoken words, especially of a parent to a child, shape our human life. Words here are not a matter of indifference. Words are not a matter of indifference. They can shape our world. They can shape, in some ways, our destiny. They can shape who we turn out to be. Sometimes those are words that sting. Sometimes those are words that pull down. I've had many occasions where I've prayed with people and said, what would you like Jesus to do for you? And on many occasions, there's something in the past, some word that has been spoken over somebody, perhaps in childhood, perhaps as an adult, perhaps by a parent, perhaps by somebody else. But those words, which were spoken years ago, have retained a power They've retained a negative power, which affecting the person today. Don't know if you've had words spoken to you like that, words to pull down, words to destroy, words to disrupt. If you have, the good news is that the power of Jesus can overcome those words and give you a different narrative to your life. Those words do not have to be 
the controlling influence in your life. And you can be set free from the negative power of those words. Words have power. Words have power to pull down, but they also have words of power to pull up, to encourage, to bless. I was a teacher a while ago now, over 20 years ago, and I had a, a placement in, in East Africa in Tanzania. And I had an idea one day to... I had a class of about 25, 30 students, and I had an idea, and I, I gave out a piece of paper to each of those students, and I said, could you just write down the names of each of the other students in the class and just write down something that you appreciate about that other student? And they, they very um, carefully thought about it, and they wrote down all these different things that they appreciated about each other. And then they handed in the papers. And I remember, didn't probably have much to do in those days. Uh, I remember taking all those papers, and then, so they didn't know who had written what, I then wrote one sheet uh, on one sheet of person per person, and I copied by hand uh, all the things that had written by all the classmates about that one person. And... Uh, with one person, I had to do a little bit extra work myself. They'd, he was obviously a really good dancer because nearly every single person had written, he's a great dancer. But after I had written, you're a great dancer, he's a great dancer, a few times, I had to um, think of a few extra things that I really appreciated about this student in order to have a page full of things which are encouraging to build this student up. But it made me realize the power of those words because a couple, I came back to the UK for a bit and then I, I went back and I remember visiting one of the students, the families of one of the students, and I walked into their house and there's this, remember very clearly, this glass cabinet on the side and I, I was just walking into the hallway and I looked at the glass cabinet and I saw my writing, my handwriting, and I thought, what is that doing there? And I looked at it. And it was all the words that had been written out about this one student. She'd obviously taken it home, shared it with her parents, and they had it now as a pride of place in their home. All this incredible affirmation, all this incredible love and admiration for the daughter which was put up on the wall. It just goes to show that we've got within us the power of building up and encouraging in a way which is longer lasting and which can have a better effect, a building up effect um, on each other. Sarah and I, when our children were young, we would sing this song from Numbers, I think it's 6, 24. It's the, the blessing, which is an incredible blessing and we used to, our kids would be young and we'd go up and we'd just say goodnight to them and stroke their head. And as we did it, we would say, now I'm a really bad singer. They didn't seem to mind. But Sarah is actually can sing. And so it was, uh, it was very profound, I think. Sarah, would you be able to come up and sing? <laughs> sing that. <laughs> I texted you earlier. I don't know if you saw the text. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, why don't you use them? This is what... Can you do it? Do you want to have a little practice? Okay. 
can I just say, we used to, Zach used to have actions to it, so I'm not going to do the actions, but um, we, we used to sing it every single night, and he would wait for us to sing it. So he'd lie there, and he'd, I hope he doesn't mind me showing that, Zach, but anyway, um, excuse me, I'm a bit hoarse today, but don't worry about that. Just forget what my voice sounds like, but it's, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, shine upon you and be gracious, and be gracious to you. So we'd sing that a few times before he went to sleep. And I, I haven't spoken to our, our kids about uh, the effect of that, but, but we were doing it because we prayed and we believed that those words would be powerful to our children. Now, we don't all have children here. Some of us have. Uh, there are opportunities for us to bless those children. Some of us have got grandchildren we could do that for. Some of us have got neighbours' children. We've got other people that we can bless and encourage them and spot something in them and build them up. We've got the power of words. And it says in Romans uh, 4, 17, God calls into being things that were not. That's the kind of God that we've got. God spoke. He created the world. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God calls into being things by his words. And we are asked to partner with him. Partner with him by calling things into being that are not but that could be. And we do that through the spoken word. And we've all got an opportunity to do that. Let us call into being things that are not, but that we see and they can build and encourage and equip and empower and bring God's goodness into this world. First of all, words are powerful. Secondly, there's a, there's a theme here running through the first few chapters of Genesis, and it's a theme of people not trusting God's promises, but taking things into their own hands, taking things into their own hands, starting to control the situation because they're not trusting in God or his promises. Uh, the first one is Adam and Eve. If you think about Adam and Eve, they're told by God not to go and take the fruit of the tree. They don't trust him. They go, oh no, we want to do that. We know what God said. We're going to do something else. They take things into their own hands. They take the fruit into their own hands. Or Cain and Abel, just a few chapters later in Genesis, Genesis 4, I think it is. Cain and Abel, God says to Cain, just be, be content with doing what is right. Um, don't worry about your brother. But Cain takes things into his own hands and he kills Abel. Right at the very beginning of Genesis, Genesis is the, the first book. Genesis just means first. It's the first book of the Bible. And we start to see people taking things into their own hands, taking control of the situation where they should be, could be trusting in God for the blessing and not for themselves. And so we see here with Rebecca 
and Jacob, they start to take control of the situation. Can you imagine Rebecca here? She's, she loves Jacob so much. She hears that Esau is going to get the blessing. She could allow that and trust that with God with her life and the God, trust God with the life of her, her child, Jacob, but she immediately jumps into action and takes control of the situation and starts to deceive, starts to encourage Jacob to deceive Isaac. She immediately starts to impose her will on it and she is not trusting God's will to be done. And that's where this all goes a bit wrong. Because it doesn't work out for them. It doesn't work out for Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve are then ashamed and they see themselves and they, they, they leave the Garden of Eden and they're full of shame. It doesn't work out for Cain and Abel uh, because Cain takes it into his own hands and, and kills his brother. It doesn't work out for Jacob because even though Jacob gets the blessing, it's a hollow blessing for him because he thinks that he's having this blessing, but it must be terrible because he knows it's a hollow blessing for him because he's deceived the father. He's got the father's blessing, but only because the father was thinking it was the other son. That's a hollow feeling. I've deceived. I've got this out. I've brought this about through deception. It's not good for Rebecca because at the end, Jacob has to flee. If you read through the rest of the story, um, Esau is consumed with this. Uh, understandably, he's consumed the fact that he's had his blessing stolen by Jacob. Esau is now out to get Jacob. It's destroyed the brotherly love that could be there and it's turned it into a massive sibling rivalry. Esau is out to get to Jacob and Jacob then has to flee. Jacob flees, doesn't see Rebecca again. Rebecca dies while he's away. It doesn't turn out good for Rebecca. It doesn't turn out good for the, for the siblings. It doesn't turn out good for Isaac. Isaac's ended up blessing in a way that he didn't want to. Now, God turns all of that around and uses that incredible blessing for his purposes. But it's all through deception. So we, we have a temptation in our lives. We know that God is calling us to be a particular way. We know that God is calling us to be a ter certain type of person. We know that God is calling us to act, say, with, with integrity, or he's, he's calling us to uh, be a type of person in, in a relationship. And Yet our temptation is that we start to not trust what God has said about us and about our lives and to take things into our own hands. And as we veer off God's path for us, it goes hollow and it leads to deception and isolation and conflict. And some of us are a bit like Jacob in that we end up trying to be something that we're not. 
Tim Keller writes, Jacob is a frightening picture of how most of us try to get blessing. We dress up as somebody else, somebody we're not, to get blessing. He couldn't be himself. His Jacob self hadn't worked, had it? He was little, he was domestic, he was smooth. He couldn't get the blessing from the one he most wanted blessing from, his father. So he dressed up like somebody else. He became somebody else. Don't know if you ever feel like that. You're wanting blessing. You see somebody else and the blessing they're getting and so you end up dressing up, pretending to be a bit like the person, the other person. You're trying to dress up because you're not satisfied with who you are. What would it be like if you were satisfied with who you were and didn't need to dress up like somebody else and pretend to be somebody else? That's the story of our human predicament, our human nature. We look around at others and we try and get blessing by being just like them. The last thing I'd like to suggest that it tells us is something from uh, Galatians. Because it's interesting that Rebecca, in this narrative, she loves her son and she's wanting him to get the father's blessing And she loves him so much that she says these incredible words, which I read out earlier. His mother said to Jacob, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Let the curse fall on me. She loved Jacob so much that she was willing to put herself in the place of someone who was cursed in order for her son to get the blessing. All the curse that she thought that Isaac, all the shame that would be if Isaac realized that it was actually Jacob, all the shame of that, all the deceit of that, all the fallout of that. She was prepared to have all of that placed upon her. Rebecca was willing to have that upon her. But in Galatians 3, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, says this about Jesus. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So Jesus is a bit like Rebecca. Rebecca was willing to take the curse on herself in order that Jacob get the blessing. Jesus, Jesus was willing to take the curse of all the sin and shame and guilt that we all the penalty of sin that would be coming for us and go to the cross in our place. He took the curse 
in our place. He took the curse of the cross in our place. And it means that we then don't have to dress up to be somebody we're not. So Jacob dressed up in the goatskin of to be like Esau, but we don't have to dress ourselves in anything else. We can dress ourselves in the righteousness of Jesus. We can dress ourselves in the robe of Jesus. And so Galatians then carries on and it says, through Jesus Christ, we are all children of God. We're all like the firstborn through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So think about those things that you're embarrassed about. You don't need to be embarrassed about those. Bring those things to God. He will forgive you. He will clothe you so you're acceptable to the Father. You're acceptable not because of what all your sin and your shame, all the things that you've done wrong, but because of the beauty of Jesus that covers you. You are clothed with Christ when you're baptised into Christ. You don't need to justify yourself anymore. You are justified by Jesus. And so this picture of Jacob and Esau gives us an insight into how to get the blessing of God. And the answer how to get the blessing of God flowing through your life is to say yes to Jesus, is to say yes to the promises of God, is to put your trust in Jesus, is to you get the blessing of the Father through Jesus, through saying yes to him, all the promises of God are through Jesus. And so, words are powerful. Let's join in with being a people of blessing. Let's not get sidetracked by taking things under our own control when we can allow Allow God's purposes for our lives to work through our lives because we continually trust him day to day. And let us not try and be anyone we're not because we can, can be completely sure in the promises of God for us through Jesus and not by trusting in anything else. Thanks for tuning in to the HDH Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with someone you think would appreciate it? And be sure to subscribe to our channel to get notified when new episodes are published. Thanks again for listening.